building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Today, Angela and Patty will be discussing the hot topic, social media, and how it can affect relationships. We are concerned about how social media can cause hurt feelings, depression, addiction to social media, and comparison. Angela, lately I have been hearing about people losing friendships over social media posts family and friends getting into bitter words and fights over something posted, unfriending and blocking each other on Facebook, or even worse, unfriending them out of their life totally. People deleting themselves off of social media because it's causing them high anxiety. Here are some reflection questions. What makes people feel it's okay to post things that they would most likely never say face-to-face -face or outside of social media? Where does this boldness or insensitivity come from? Is proving your point worth all the drama and losing friendships over? Yes, I know this is a political year and also the year 2020 of the coronavirus but is it really an excuse for being overly aggressive and rude? The coronavirus quarantine has some people depressed and others not nice. Is frustration so high that people have lost their sense of compassion, empathy, politeness, and manners? Is Listening to the news and reading social media posts causing so much fear and anger that people feel the need to lash out on social media. I'm truly worried about how all this toxic behavior on social media is affecting relationships negatively. Yeah, I feel you, Patty. So today we'd like to explore how to manage some of those difficult behaviors. How can we relate to social media in a healthy way? Are you taking a break from social media because it's too toxic? What do you find frustrating about social media? What makes it so toxic to you? I'd love to hear from listeners if they could share what they find disappointing about social media, why not leave us a comment on the Anchor app or on every medium that you find this podcast. My concern is that rather than questioning why we are being insensitive on social media, we get caught up in those toxic behaviours that get us depressed and addicted to social media. And we get stuck in a perception of reality that is just not healthy and can never give us what we want. Patty and I, in a previous podcast, episode four, we discussed going beyond comparison and accepting oneself through social media platforms. And we looked at the social media platforms that use pictures like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, TikTok, there's others. Those use pictures 
and com- people compare themselves to those pictures and think, I'm not that, I'm not happy, I'm not thin, sexy or whatever. And this is especially toxic for younger girls and women who will never find satisfaction by comparing themselves to that image. In the 80s and other decades, women had magazines and they used the images in those magazines to compare themselves. Later, those images became photoshopped and the images became more and more artificial versions of reality. So much so that now when we look at social media, we don't know if we're looking at the real person. But the impact on the brain is still the same and we're still addicted to comparing ourselves to an image, whether it's real or not. The brain doesn't realize or care if the image is real or not. It's still comparing ourselves, our real self, to that image. Research has further discovered that once Facebook added the like button, people became addicted to how many likes they got. So we became addicted to other people liking what we posted rather than interested in what they really thought or just sharing something. The like button on Facebook started a whole new mentality on, do you like me? Researchers have found that the like button on Facebook and Twitter have effects on users' mental health, leading to negative social comparisons. Social media also works negatively in other ways, and one way is with public shaming of people. It also includes people who are public figures and also corporations or organisations. So now we have created the term cancel culture. Cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for public figures or companies after they have said or done something considered objectionable or offensive. Cancel culture is generally discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group shaming. This reminds me of previous times of history, like the Roman Colosseum, where people booed or cheered for someone, and that boo or cheer determined if that person lived or died. The emperor also, in the Hollywood movies, that's how I've seen it, (laughs) uses a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And that's also similar to the mob mentality in different revolutions throughout history. More popular ones that we might remember are the French Revolution or medieval times when people would gather for public executions. And the crowd mentality is given an opportunity in all of these situations to increase negative emotions at a collective level very quickly. And in that mob mentality, there is a collective drive to enforce judgment in a negative way. And that negativity can say if someone lives or dies. So social media, where we use cancel culture, is just another example of this herd mentality that can come together very quickly. And, you know, on the other side, social media can share movements for good that bring people together positively. So today, 
I'm going to ask you to explore how could you be a positive influencer in how you engage with social media. Are you going to become part of the mob mentality and get swept up in the negative aspect or are you going to put different thoughts, intents and inclusive language on social media? I've noticed that people are just choosing not to comment because of a fear of being attacked. I totally agree, Angela. Patty, what have you found about cancel culture these days that limits how people feel comfortable or safe in the workplace and with their leaders? What are some strategies to deal with this? Angela, I wrote a blog post similar to this subject called Don't Be That Guy. It is about shaming someone or making them the poster child in the workplace. When someone has committed a bad behavior or done something procedurally wrong, in some organizations, they use this term, don't be that guy or person, for humiliation or an example of what not to do. I feel this is similar to the cancel culture. In the blog post, I did a poll with the question, is shaming an effective management strategy? How to feel comfortable or safe in the workplace and with leaders in this cancel culture? This is a hard one to answer. When in today's culture, people are quick to judge and criticize not just the leaders, but their peers and not ask questions to understand. The mindset and company values would need to change before people would feel comfortable. Leaders and staff follow the behaviors around them. People are going to be afraid to speak up or ch for change or go against the office culture until they feel safe to share their opinions or suggestions. Listeners, what are your experiences about not speaking up? We, Angela and I would really like to know. It can be really challenging to speak up when you don't agree with the culture around you, whether it's your work culture or your community. So don't think you're alone. We want to address this struggle in another podcast, so it would be great to hear from you about your struggles. And here now I'd like to share some strategies besides not commenting or not speaking up on social media through a comment. <laughs> and these strategies are if you're thinking about removing yourself from social media, that's a great strategy too. But if you want to stay engaged, how can you use your comments to influence uh, social media positively? So number one is just don't comment. Don't do it as a reaction. Breathe and connect to yourself first before you even post. And ask yourself what good can a comment do? Yes. If you then feel moved to comment, 
ask yourself, what impact do you want to make with your comment? So if your impact <laughs> is to be right, to make someone wrong, to make someone less than you, to show off, to show your intelligence, smart, better, more moral, if it's any of those, just don't comment. If you're trying to prove anything, you're just inciting a reaction from someone and you're implying that they're stupid or wrong or less than you. So how would you feel if someone made a comment with that intent? So the second strategy, if you are to share a point of view with your comment, because you want to open up discussion, ask yourself, what can this point of view open people up to? Perhaps they don't know a piece of information or they may not have thought of a different perspective and that's what you want to open them up to. But remember that they still have the right to react emotionally because they may not be able to understand your point of view and they may take what you're sharing out of context. We can't control their emotions and they may be emotional. Remember everything Patty shared earlier about how people are feeling. However, if you sense that your comment can introduce a new perspective without making anyone less than you, then ask yourself what words will best share your perspective and keep it brief. And the third tip or strategy is to share with the intent to bring the conversation higher. Ask, is my comment within the guidelines of the platform that you're sharing in? And will my comment share anything that will help add something? What will it add? So once you get a perspective on what you're sharing, it makes your share so much more meaningful and full of rich things to share. Patty, what are some other strategies? Angela, yes, pausing and reflecting before commenting has a way of softening the knee-jerk reaction to kick before thinking. The other day, I watched one of my teachers talk about not wanting to open up Facebook and that she was moving her weekly lives to Instagram because she didn't like seeing all the negative things on Facebook. Me personally, when I open up Facebook, I know who to scroll on by and not read or look at their comments. This helps me stay calm and keeps me balanced. I think we have to accept that social media has a lot of ne negative things and thoughts inbuilt into it now and that we can dance with that if we are aware of our own negative thoughts and feelings and manage those. Patty, I was wondering about long storytelling in comments. I've noticed some people share a story and I can get fully engaged in it and then other people share a story and it just feels like, come on, get to the point already. <laughs> What do you think could make, um, make others engage in your story if you're sharing your own story on social media? Have we become like short in our attention span that we can't digest long pieces of information? Well, Angela, I think life has become taken over with instant gratification. If it doesn't interest you, 
moved to something else that does, or we've become comfortably numb. They don't, they do not want to listen to other opinions and are okay with being brutally honest with words. Some people are trolls and want to hurt others with their comments. Words are powerful and they can either help or hurt. Yeah. And I think when we've, you've mentioned this before, hurt people hurt people. Others, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would like to explore a different aspect of people's perception of social media as a place where they reveal or expose themselves because I think there are some unhealthy habits there uh, that can be tweaked to get a healthier relationship with social media and better relationships with your friends (laughs) and the general public. People can share too much in public social media platforms My question to everyone listening is, what do you personally feel is appropriate to share? And we don't talk to our children about this enough. Often teens and young adults share in a way to seek attention, but that doesn't bring them any closer to their friends or other people. Why do people share at all on a social media platform, especially if it's their personal stuff? For yourself and for your young people, what parameters do you create for yourself so you feel you're sharing the right amount of information that you want to share with others? Some younger people expose themselves in social media because they have no boundaries, no parameters about what's safe or unsafe to share. And then later they get caught out for sharing pictures that incriminate them or sometimes shame other people and themselves. I feel people share too much in general or share a story that feels like it goes on and on and doesn't really connect with anyone because they actually have no one to recognize them or acknowledge them in their lives at all. A lot of people these days live alone or live in a world of their own and that way you end up in a bubble where you may not have enough real interaction with people daily who make you feel connected to the rest of humanity. This was happening before the COVID virus, but now the lockdown in different parts of the world has highlighted the disconnect that we have by living too much in a bubble of our own thoughts And it leaves people with a bigger need to be desired, a need to feel appreciated, and a deep need to ultimately be connected to others. And perhaps you may not live alone, and you do live with a family or others, but you actually feel disregarded or unacknowledged by them. In my experience as a relationship healer, I've found many of us carry those feelings from childhood of not being recognised into very poor behaviour on social media. So instead, how could you give your inner child, that poor little inner child who needs some love and attention, a healthier relationship to sharing yourself on social media? If you're posting on social media to get likes, 
Perhaps you need to consider what do you want to be seen or recognised about yourself? And I've got a few questions to help you get a deeper awareness about what you could be really looking for if you're posting on social media. So it's three simple questions. Do you want attention from others? The second, why do you want attention? And the third, what are you really looking for? And now I want to share some empowering ways to interact with social media as a role model for different ways to react or interact with social media so you're not responding to likes. This one is my favourite strategy because it sees you as an active participant in influencing social media for the greatest good. And if you think I might have had some fantasy role-playing games in my past, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) If you see the World Wide Web as a way of connecting to all humanity, then you can imagine that the internet is like a giant brain of human consciousness and imagine that you are programming that brain with positive energy, loving energy, creative energy, or the energy that you would love to experience in your life, like the Matrix. What game do you want to play? Visualize the whole world connected and then feel yourself as able to take that connection to a better place, a happier place. And then ask yourself, what would you like to share on social media? You may also find you can share this with other people in your life around you. I do this in my meditation and it influences my day and ripples out. So interesting things come back to me throughout my day. The second strategy to empower myself in social media is borrowed from my meditation practice. When I do meditation, I surround my energy field with protection so that any of my thoughts or feelings and emotions are transformed to love when they leave me and also any thoughts, emotions and feelings from others are transformed into love when they enter my aura. This way I feel I avoid feeling <laughs> the harmful impact of others' thoughts and feelings. I also do a cleanse of my energy field regularly to let go of energies I may have picked up, maybe once a week, maybe once a day if I'm feeling down or funky. People stop using social media because they feel they're picking up the negative energy. That's why it feels so toxic. However, because I use protection, I found I can watch negative things on social media and I'm not feeling they're hurting me. I'm still impacted by them, but I don't need to monitor how I'm feeling so that I'm trying to feel better or worse. I'm just feeling things and I'm not so harmed. I'm not harmed at all by the energy. I'm just feeling the emotions. Uh, I also have been physically or psychically attacked, I should say, on social media. So a psychic attack is when people are sending negative thoughts to you or your page. 
So I have a practice of surrounding anything I put onto social media with protection. And that protection doesn't block energy. It just surrounds my aura and any content with a bubble of love or spiritual protection. So that does not mean I'm better than anybody. It just means that I'm equal to everyone. And it means that that bubble I surround what I put out there on social media has the intent that anything I put out is to lift people to the highest good. So if what I post attracts negative energy, that energy will be filtered by the spiritual protection so it doesn't harm me or those that come into contact with what I put out there. This is a topic, if you're interested, I can talk more on. And I just wanted to share that today as a way to stop being impacted by the negative aspect so much. And the third tip for empowering ways of engaging is to start observing social media and look at the extremes that are being displayed and ask questions about how are those extremes relevant to your life now. If you are triggered by social media, it could be something to look at in your life. Are you feeling disempowered, angry, hateful? These emotions are real and they're very valid. But if those emotions are left to foment, they'll make you feel more powerless, more resentful. They'll make you mean. Yes. Yeah, that does happen. And this is where you can bring awareness to what is that relevant significance of that media showing you about your own emotions and about your life. What can you do to balance your emotions or take action on to take care of those emotions or that sense of powerlessness in your life? If you fear speaking up on social media because of the reaction you'll get there, where in your life, outside of, outside of social media, can you take action? Can you be kind? Can you support others? People will communicate better if they are heard and respected to have their opinion. But they may not agree with you until their heart is open. Don't talk to people's minds because minds are not where change is made. It's change is made in people's hearts. So consider what way could you get closer to others where what you share on social media brings you closer to others. I've got some more strategies here as well about looking for connection because if we can't change people's minds maybe we can connect to their hearts this strategy the fourth one is if you're looking for connection and celebration of who you are what can you share with someone as an invitation versus showing off (laughs) which always comes from a fear that you're not enough if you're sharing on social media for people to get to know you What is the impression you want them to have of you? Understand that people will never know everything about you at any time. But you can use social media to your advantage to reveal something about you that will be of interest to others. 
share something about you or the way you perceive the world with the intent to inspire or to make people laugh, to be creative, to have affinity, connection with others. An example for me was a friend and longtime dance teacher, Melanie Lejoie, put a beautiful video of her dancing in turquoise, a turquoise outfit on Instagram, and it actually made me cry. It reminded me of watching her dance so many times and when I used to dance with her. And it was so beautiful visual, visually to watch. However, the next step for me was a real connection over the Zoom where I got to talk with her and we danced together over the internet. And that was the completion of the cycle of connection. I saw something on social media, but I looked at what else in my life did I want to keep that connection to make it fuller in my life. So I'd like to leave that with you. What is something you enjoy sharing with others? That's the the most important thing to think about empowering ways to use social media. It could be lifting someone up. It could be animal videos or a success in your life, an awareness you got, a goal you accomplished, birthdays, beauty you see in the world. What are some things you enjoy seeing on social media? What do you love seeing? Maybe you can share a comment on the podcast and let us know. Patty, what are things that you actually look forward to seeing from friends or colleagues? I love seeing photos of families having fun together, vacation photos, travel adventures, and I really like to see cute positive memes and affirmations. I love sharing uh, healing meditations because it's been basically my go-to in these times. (laughs) And I share them because I feel they may be of peaceful use for others. And I'll also be sharing some posts about gentle movement classes that I'm hosting this September. And if you want to stay connected about the information about those classes... I'll have a link in the show notes. For me, the dance and the movement are an authentic way to connect to myself and others. Angela, when you were sharing your friend dancing in that beautiful turquoise dress, that was just so beautiful. I actually was visualizing her dancing. Those are the things that we need in our lives. Dancing, fun, joking around, laughing. Those are what makes us get through life. Happiness, joy. Yeah, it's funny. I've been watching a few things like that on social media and I've been quite surprised because I'll just watch and cry or laugh. And it's been such a simple activity but it's been quite important in these times of being in lockdown or just being indoors a lot (laughs) yeah yeah sharing happiness and uplifting and inspiring things you never know who that may touch and may brighten their day 
Angela and I want to thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. We would love to hear from you about this topic. Leave us a comment or a voicemail message on Anchor. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback. Oh, 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 oh,